Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast. If you are live in the YouTube chat, I apologise I'm so late. Somebody thought it'd be really hilarious to try and hack my account. So I had to go and start that. We are 11 minutes late. That does suck, but so do people sometimes. But it's all well and good. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. Pretty much as that. If you're listening, uh, li- not live on uh, audio, that makes no sense. You're listening on the podcast, thank you very much. Uh, if you are live with me... Uh, here on YouTube. It's wonderful to have you here. It is Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast. We do this live once a week. Now, usually, it's meant to be on Wednesdays, but obviously, it's Thursday today. Sometimes life just gets in the way. It's been a very crazy week for me, as you can see by the uh, by the bags under my eyes. But it's been a good week. It's been a happy week. It's been an exciting week. And obviously, here we are, a few days after Survivor Series, and there is quite a lot to talk about. Now, I like Survivor Series. Now, I know Simon Miller likes everything. But uh, I do. <laughs> when I go to uh, when I go to watch wrestling, I try and enjoy it as much as I can, just because I think that's you know it's my entertainment. It's it's what I do. Even though I get to do it for a job, I'm very lucky and I'm blessed to do that. It's still an activity that I want to keep uh, as a sense of enjoyment. So that is exactly what I do. As for Survivor Series, it really was football football uh, terminology, football reference. It was a a show of two halves. I thought the first half was all right, and I thought the second half was really, really good. I thought the matches between Daniel Bryan and Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey and Charlotte, and I also enjoyed Shinsuke Nakamura versus Seth Rollins. I had more issues with that because I can't quite get over Shinsuke Nakamura's treatment in WWE. It seems absolutely crazy to me, but, you know, it just it is what it is now, so we may as well just accept it. Um, But, you know, I, I thought everything they did with Charlotte and Ronda Rousey, especially when that moved over to SmackDown, uh, I, I don't know, it was weird, after SmackDown had happened, a lot of people, and even even Becky Lynch has done this on her Twitter, but Becky Lynch is amazing on Twitter, so it's fine, but even on Becky Lynch's Twitter, uh, she has insinuated that Charlotte basically ripped off her gimmick, which she kind of did, right, she went crazy, she did a bit back down at the pay-per-view, and then she was quite a badass on SmackDown, I'm alright with that, like, I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with, if something works... There's nothing you can't over you can't do it too much because if you do it too much, it's the law of diminishing returns. Like if you treated every single person on the roster the same, we wouldn't enjoy that either because we would get bored of it. But right now, given the weird situation we have with the with the women's division, talking about you know, I would probably say right now that's the most exciting thing WWE is doing. I think that's fair to say, uh, especially between those three girls. And the whole Nia Jax thing by proxy. I know a lot of people have a lot of hate for Nia Jax now, which, you know, that's your prerogative. You're certainly allowed to do. But it's worked. Uh, you know, I compared it on ups and downs this week when we talked about Owen Hart. When Owen Hart broke Stone Cold Steve Austin's neck, he came out with a shirt that said, you know, Owen 316 on the back. He said, I just broke your neck. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's... Uh, it's a device that's been used for heat for a while. And given how dead the crowd was a few weeks ago, when Tamina and Nia Jack joined forces, at least it's given us something. Although I will say, I don't get that team at all. I don't like them. I can't stand them, if I'm completely honest. But, <laughs> but yeah, I don't mind. It's like in video games. I love a game called Gears of War. I'm sure most of you know it. And I couldn't, I still to this day can't believe that more people didn't take up Active Reload. Active Reloaded Gears is one of the best things 
And they took something as boring as reloading, which you have to have in any shooting game, so otherwise it would make no sense. And they made it fun. They built a mini game around it. Basically, a little sort of bar came up on the screen. And if you managed to tap it, it's like a mini game. If you managed to tap it at the right time, some bullets for about five seconds would be more powerful. So if I'm not, I know it's different when comparing it to real people in video games, but if to keep the heat and the feud and the excitement going while Becky Lynch recovers from concussion means that Charlotte's going to get a bit more badass. That's all right. You know, the crowd still wants to see Becky. They're still chanting her name at Survivor Series on Raw and on SmackDown whenever one of those anybody else is in the ring. And hopefully it means when it comes back, it's just going to light up that feud even more. That's the way I saw it anyway. So I, I like everything they're doing with that. I know the matches against Peyton Royce and Billy Kay weren't the best, but I was a bit like, well, I'm not... I'm not... I'm going to move my chair. I was like, I'm not massively... I thought it was all fine. I thought it was good. And like I say, right now, if the plan is to have a selection of all three of this woman, these women main event WrestleMania 35, I wouldn't be against that at all because I don't think it's being done for the sake of doing it. I don't think it's being done just so we can say, oh, women's revolution. I'm sure that will come into it too. But we're doing it because they deserve it. They're the hottest thing in WWE. Again, they're the, they're what I want to see, I anticipate it the most. So I liked all of that. Uh, uh, but we'll get on to what the title of this video is all about, uh, or the title of this episode is all about. The only thing that, and I was going to mention this on Ups and Downs, and I, I kind of said it in passing, and I regret maybe not hammering it home more than more than I should have done, but I really don't understand what happened to Survivor Series post the show, given that once SmackDown was all said and done, that was that. <laughs> <laughs> so SmackDown lost six to nothing, right? They lost every single match other than the one the pre-show. I'm not going to get into that. Like, I know now people are saying, oh, there was a miscommunication error. Even if there was, let's not even pretend that WWE actually cares about the pre-show. I don't think that's the case at all. So I'm not going to buy into that. But I can't quite, I don't quite understand why SmackDown had to lose six to nothing. And maybe it's going to happen next week. Maybe, this is from the Wrestling Observer, but, you know, they made a good point. Maybe because they knew, oh, happy Thanksgiving, by the way, to everybody in America. But yeah, maybe because it is Thanksgiving, maybe WWE thought we're going to get a low rating anyway. So let's just get through this episode of SmackDown and Shane McMahon can go crazy next week. And if that happens, I'm more than happy to come back to this episode again. Okay, I jumped the gun a little bit. Fair play. But that's not, it still doesn't work from a storytelling point of view because Shane McMahon was completely, he didn't care. He couldn't have been more meh to the whole situation. He was in a comedy match with The Miz. I don't know if that's a, you know, that was kind of weird to me too because I thought, am I now playing, are we now playing up to The Miz versus Shane McMahon at WrestleMania or something? That's kind of the feeling I got. Uh, maybe it was meant to be Shane McMahon versus Daniel Bryan and they changed plans. I don't know. But it was, I don't, I, I don't, I don't see, I'm not, I'm not one of these people that looks at Raw and SmackDown and goes, oh, that's the A show and that's the B show. I just try and watch them, like I said at the start of this video, to try all this podcast, to try and be entertained. But when WWE does stuff like this, it is really hard not to go, well, clearly they are, you know, treating Raw far much better than they're treating SmackDown because the proof, the proof is right there. Again, I don't mind if it ties into the story. I really, really don't. And that's what storytelling is all about. And sometimes you have to make sort of strong and severe decisions in order to get to where you need to go. But right now, as I talk to you, you lovely people, all I've got is Raw beat SmackDown 6 to nothing. SmackDown on the pre-show, but we don't care about the pre-show, so forget about that. And nobody on SmackDown cares because I can only assume they are the B-show and that's how they're going to take it in. And that's even more confusing because they moved to Fox. I know it's a year away. No one's going to remember this in a year. Do we get another Survivor Series before the meeting? No, we don't. It's October, so I know we're building up to Survivor Series. But 
you know, I, I don't know. The whole thing was very baffling to me. Uh, I thought it took the whole Raw versus SmackDown concept and made it kind of irrelevant, because if now nobody cares, why would I? I mean, Stephanie McMahon made a few references to it at the start of Raw, but we moved on to the whole stuff with Baron Corbin and Braun Strowman and all of that really, really quickly. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was From that aspect, I don't know what we were trying to achieve. And yeah, of course, there's weeks and months for us to, for us to go back to it. But that was what... That was that was the main thing that I, I took away from it. I was like, why have we done this? Why <laughs> why have we just taken SmackDown and driven it and driven it into the ground? A lot of people didn't like this show as well. I thought it was fine. I thought Rey Mysterio versus Randy Orton was good. I like the whole thing with the mask. It kind of explained why why you could sort of make, let Ray lose, and it wasn't too out of the uh, the realms of. Well, it was a bit weird because he's come back. I remember he beat Andrade. Uh, I think he beat Jeff Hardy in a match as well, but he definitely lost to Randy. Uh, he definitely lost to the Miz, I believe. Yeah, it must have been at, uh, at Crown Jewel, which counts. And now he's lost to Randy Orton. I always find it a bit weird when you bring back a proper legendary star and you have them lose so quickly because I think that then relegates them to, oh, and now I'm just in the roster. You know, now I'm just another roster guy. Where really, you should be able to get a good six months out of a return. Or at least that's how I see it. But um, yeah, I don't know. But I thought Survivor Series was fun. I, I certainly enjoyed you know, I, I, there was yeah, The Survivor Series matches... I think it also didn't help that, you know, as soon as Braun Strowman got back from his table bump, he just ran wild over all of SmackDown. <laughs> and he just whipped all of their asses so easy. It's great for Braun. Like, it makes Braun's character look really good. And if you've only just tuned into wrestling for the first time, that's why Braun Strowman works so well, because you understand who he is just by looking at him. And then when you actually book him to be the monster among men, there's no it's nice and simple there's no layers you have to peel away there's no confusion he's not chopping and changing every week it's like he's a big dude and if you get in the ring with him he's going to kick your ass really really quickly so there is pluses there i mean apparently as well braun Strowman is injured so apparently we're not going he may not even make it to tlc they're hoping that he will and they're hoping he'll be back for the royal rumble where he's taken on brock lesnar for the universal championship but as we mentioned brock lesnar as well i really like that brock lesnar daniel bryan match i thought it really i thought between that and the ronda rousey charlotte bout it showed that when WWE puts their mind to it, they absolutely can come up with, you know, ideas that are both you know, both executed brilliantly, but also felt nothing like each other. And I know we all enjoy crapping all over WWE, but I also think you have to give credit where credit is due. And they really did do that in that in those last couple of matches on SmackDown. Like, I could have easily have taken more of SmackDown, of SmackDown, of R- Rousey versus Charlotte. Wasn't massively infused with the DQ finish because. When you get a contest like that that actually feels like a fight, I'm always all right with that. Actually, give, give me a winner. Give me a winner. Have some. Even if Rousey had lost, even though we could have debated that till the cows come home, at least we had a defined winner and a defined loser. Sometimes DQs for me, again, when I have bought into the fact it feels real, it takes the magic away. Just my personal opinion. But it was still really, really good. I know that apparently they practiced for three days. I don't care. Ronda Rousey is miles ahead of where she should be in terms of her rise to the top or, you know, whatever, becoming comfortable as a pro wrestler, and I can't respect it anymore. And Charlotte Flair, as far as much love as she gets, is really underrated. I think she's one of the best women they've ever had. Uh, I think every her selling's great, her facials are great. I think she's great. <laughs> I really like Charlotte. And same with Becky, you know, I'm not forgetting about her. Uh, just quickly as well, in the super chat, as always, thank you very much, my man, Bush and Ryu Cat. He says, hey, Simon, thanks for Thanksgiving wish. Though you're British, that's all right, man. We're, we're a global audience now. We're worldwide. So if you are celebrating Thanksgiving today, wherever you live in the world, happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, how long do you see a heel Daniel Bryan gimmick lasting? And have you seen Creed 2 to stay hype, bro? I don't think Creed 2 is out over here yet. Or it may come out this week. If that is the case, I'll go see it this weekend. And I'll update you next week. I love Rocky movies. And I thought the first Creed was wonderful. 
I think it's an interesting question about how long we see Daniel Bryan's heel gimmick lasting. That was the other issue with Survivor Series, that in that match with Brock Lesnar, Daniel Bryan was not a heel in any sense. So you have to question... Well, I understand why they turned him heel beforehand, because to get the belt off AJ to do this match, they wanted him to lose by vicarious means, and that was hitting me in the balls, because that's what WWE does. They just smash people in the balls these days. If you want to go heel... It may tie into something else. There were rumors that AJ Styles is negotiating his contract and wants to work around the Orton schedule, which is less house, uh, less house shows and less live events. Uh, just a, a, a relaxed schedule, really, which, you know, given that he's 40, 41, I think he's more than earned, especially after what he's done over the last couple of years. Maybe they're at impasse, and that's why he wasn't on Survivor Series and why he wasn't on SmackDown this week. I don't know. That's completely me speculating. But it did allow us to have that Daniel Bryan-Brock Lesnar match, and I thought the way they did it was awesome. Like, it started off like a Brock Lesnar match, uh, everyone was like, oh, groaning, I can't believe they're going to do this. And then eventually, you know, there was that shimmer of hope, that glimmer of hope when Daniel Bryan kicked him in the head. And then my word did Daniel Bryan kick the crap out of him. Um, I'll talk about Brock Lesnar in a minute, but I want to mention Brish and Rye's kept, uh, comment first. It is going to be interesting what we do with heel Daniel Bryan. Because is he going to be champion going into WrestleMania? I would doubt it. I still think we're going to see... Well, actually, no, saying that, I think we're going to see Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles, which would mean R Styles could win the Rumble and then jump ship. So maybe Daniel Bryan could... Maybe we do get Daniel Bryan versus The Miz at WrestleMania. How mad would that make people? We go into WrestleMania 35, and it's heel Daniel Bryan going against a face, The Miz. I don't think that would work at all, personally. Imagine The Miz won the title from Daniel Bryan. Oh, the salt. <laughs> people would be so mad. Do you know what? I think that could happen. But it is a good point. I thought... Dan we'll talk about it all now, Bushin. I thought that Daniel Bryan's uh, promo... I was in two, I could have actually given it a down. Here you go, behind the scenes uh, info on ups and downs. I'd actually given it a down, but then I, I went back and I rewatched it, and it was just too good. It was just too good a promo. The, pro the reason I'd given it a down is, although it was, uh, you know, such an amazing, anyone that ever said Daniel Bryan couldn't cut an interview is crazy. He clearly can. The emotion, the fire he put out there was awesome. But what he said made no sense. But in retrospect, it's like, well, it kind of does make sense because he's clearly crazy Daniel Bryan now. And, you know, you can't be insane if you know you're insane. That's always been uh, the same because insane people don't realize they're insane. And that's what I took from this Daniel Bryan thing. He's crazy now because he thinks he didn't have the fan support even though he did. And I admit I'm pulling at straws here. And WWE's go-to very often is, ah, we'll just say the fans turned on him. Like they tried with Becky Lynch and it didn't work. So I don't know how long you can keep this going. Uh, I think there is, if you you know really want to kind of be a bit picky, I do think you can say it's a shame that Daniel Bryan in 2018 had the comeback we'd all hoped for, and yet by November we have to turn him heel because his face run has kind of run out of momentum. I mean, that's on the writers and the WWE, but you know we're here. But look, I love the promo. I love the way he looked. He's like a crazy hobo guy. He's, what he said was awesome. It made sense within what he wanted us to believe, but actually makes no sense outside of that. These are all the tick boxes for a heel. But you're right, I don't know how long it can last. Six months? Maybe through WrestleMania? But then what does he do? I don't know. It's a very, very good question. And I don't know. I, I, now thinking about it, I can only see The Miz versus Daniel Bryan with their roles reversed at Mania. Would that even work with a Mania crowd? That would be interesting. I say six months. Give him six months, I'll go back face. Uh, Bobby Tuff in the, in the super chat. Thank you, my friend. Kurt Hawkins on Twitter said 205 Live is always forgotten. Well, the problem with 205 Live is it doesn't really associate with either Raw or SmackDown. So you can't really give it a tick either way when it comes to the Survivor Series numbers. I mean, the other problem with 205 Live, and I don't know this for sure. Again, this is information that I read on the internet or people say to me that they've got from other people. So I don't know how, how true it is. 
But apparently, and this is not a knock on WWE NXT UK, but I just mean when you start thinking about it in shows, apparently WWE NXT UK does better numbers than 205 Live, which begs the question why we don't take all those guys and put them on Raw or SmackDown. I know it's hard to get a spot anyway, but they're all so talented. Um, but, but you're right. You, yeah, you, you, Kurt Hawkins is right. Yeah, well, I was totally forgotten. That match may not have existed because, again, post-show, we're only talking about Raw and SmackDown. But that's the stupid thing about putting them on their own show. That's a whole... That's a whole other debate. That's an absolutely whole other debate. But yeah, Daniel Bryan, I thought, probably the highlight of the week, really, that promo. And it fi- at least, you know, if nothing else, at least we finally got a, a guy that's just turned heel actually telling us why he turned heel. Like, Dean Ambrose hasn't done that. And yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. But Dean Ambrose never did that. Who else turned heel recently and did that? Braun Strowman, he's back face again now, but he didn't do that. Big Show hasn't told us. Nia Jax hasn't really told us. So at least Daniel Bryan had a reason. A reason. <laughs> I can appreciate that. Uh, we can't get through this podcast without talking about the Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins stuff. Uh, in many ways, I thought it was the curse of having a three-hour show. I think if we had cut a couple of those segments, it would have been a bit better. The one when Dean Ambrose was talking about the people smelling, uh, he said something else. Oh, he's going to eat Seth Rollins' bones <laughs> or something like that. Okay, pirate Dean Ambrose. That one, yeah, I, I think we could have done without that one, and I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't necessarily have missed it. But yes, he did also make the comment... Uh, I can't remember the right words now. I don't even like repeating it. It makes me feel so uncomfortable. The the, the idea was that everybody in the Shield is going to have to pay their penance. Seth Rollins is going to have to pay that to Dean Ambrose. And quote, unquote, we've all seen what's happened to Roman Reigns. Now, if you follow me on Twitter at Simon316, I addressed this. I also addressed it when it all happened with Roman Reigns. I... I just don't feel like I'm a man, a man. I don't feel like I'm any kind of person to criticize it. Because for all I know, they ring up Roman Reigns and they say, Roman, are you cool with this? And if Roman Reigns, the man suffering, says that he's cool with it, it's not for me to criticize. Doesn't mean you can't criticize. It makes me uncomfortable. I'd rather not see it on my television program. But, I, yeah, I mean, what am I going to do? If I ever met Roman Reigns and he went, why did you criticize? It's up to him. It's his illness. It's his advent. It's his journey. It's his struggle. He can decide how he deals with it. And if that's what he wants to do, I can't. I just can't criticize it. But that's me. That's my opinion. That's how I feel about it. Um, I just wanted to address it. I do think it's uh, I do think it's distracting from the, the feud a little bit. I also thought it was very strange that we got an announcement of Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose for TLC during Survivor Series when we could have had Dean Ambrose out there taking out Seth Rollins and giving Nakamura a win. But I don't know. I really don't understand the case with Shinsuke Nakamura. He wasn't even on SmackDown this week, and he's a US champion. I thought at least he would go into a feud. Maybe, I think his contract's coming up in January. And again, I always like to say this because I don't want people thinking I have any kind of real information. I don't. But I think his contract is coming up in January. Maybe he's not going to re-sign. Maybe he told them a couple of months ago, look, I want to go back to Japan. I want to go to New Japan. I'm not. And then, yeah. WWE are going to be like, we're not going to push you if you go into our major, one of our major competitions, but at the same time, they have to have him on Survivor Series because it's champion versus champion. I'd rather he stayed, and I'd rather we came up with a way to you know, make him as exciting as he was in NXT, but maybe that ship has sailed. I don't know. I don't know. But it does suck. But yeah, I, I always find this time of year, especially post-Survivor Series, Raw, SmackDown, WWE in general will go into, not lull mode, but we'll kind of just peter on until we start building to the Rumble, which is terrifyingly close now. Obviously, we've got TLC in December. Top of my head, the matches we've got for that are uh, Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey, and we have AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan, and we have Baron Corbin versus Braun Strowman in the TLC match. I believe that's all we have. 
I say as I look over here. Yeah, I think that'll be, it'll be okay. I think that pay-per-view is always all right. But then when we get out of the side of January, start building to Rumble, start building to Mania, WWE pick up again. Before we move on from WWE, I do think we have to talk about the whole Drake Maverick pissing his pants angle. Got an interesting response when I kind of uh, laid into a little bit on ups and downs. Some people will, because I, 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 I'll say it to the day I die, because it's genuinely how I feel. When WWE do stuff like that, and I'm trying to introduce new people to wrestling, which I like to do, and somebody pisses their pants, they will always look at me, and no one ever finds that funny if you don't watch wrestling. And I know a lot of people that do watch wrestling don't find it funny. So when they turn to you and say, what was that? And you have to try and come up with a explanation, and all you've got is, well, the guy that runs it likes piss jokes. Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily the best thing in the world. And the fact that it carried on on Raw... The Raw segment was where I could have handled it if it was just Survivor Series. I was like, okay, you want to do a dumb thing there? Fine. But the fact it then continued over to Raw, and we had all those horrific jokes. And it was, I think the thing that irked me, and I, there's a video, you, if you're on my channel right now, you're on it. Go subscribe. Go check out my vlogs. I've done vlogs about when I was bullied as a kid. And bullying sucks. You know, I'm not going to say I didn't take things from it. I did. I explained it all in that video. My point being... WWE has always been about anti-bullying, and this was bullying. And look, I'm not saying anybody's hurt. Drake Maverick's not hurt. Rockstar Spud. No one cares. It's a storyline angle. But kids still do watch it, and kids. I'm not. Look, I don't necessarily know how I feel about this whole "oh, so and so's a role model," but I still think we live in a world where you don't really want to promote bullying too much, so the kid may go out there and do it. I think that's why it annoyed me so much. I was like, you just don't know what kind of you know. You see DDTs and people go and do it. Doesn't mean you should stop doing DDTs. Hopefully you take my point. I just thought I should mention it. Didn't like it. Thought it, was, it wasn't funny. And I like some of the funny stuff they do. Like I hated the Thanksgiving feast match, or whatever it's called. But Big E made me laugh when he was licking a turkey or whatever he was doing. So I don't mind them doing weird stuff like that. I really don't. And our truth always makes me giggle. I don't even mind if they do that in serious acts, uh, serious you know situations you'd rather were serious. I don't mind if it makes me laugh. Okay, look, I'm entertained. But that one was so off the mark. I throw my hands in the air. And my man Bobby Tuff in the super chat as well. Great question. What do you think they are doing with the man Rusev? I mean, dude, you tell me. Lana and I think Rusev were on Twitter talking about this and just saying, you know, they're the underdogs or they're going to keep fighting for, you know, basically making out we don't know why we're not on TV. And the real strange thing about it is why, what was this thing with him and Aiden English? The feud was good. It had obviously put a bit of time in it because we filmed those vignettes in the hotel. I thought Aiden English was really good in his role. And ever since that like one minute roll up when Lana threw a shoe at Aiden English, we haven't seen either of them. I don't think we have. Maybe there's a match and I've forgotten about. Why wasn't Rusev in the SmackDown team? That just seems crazy to me. And talking about the likes of Rusev, people I like, why did Samoa Joe get taken out of the Survivor Series match in 20, 30 seconds? I don't get it. I really don't understand it because it's all well and good saying it's making an impact or doing whatever, but eventually you're going to need those guys. Why can't Rusev be feuding with Nakamura? Why can't it be Samoa Joe, Nakamura, and Rusev? Why do we not have time for that? These are the thing. I mean, these are the things I don't get. Yeah, put Aiden, put Aiden in it too. Have a four way. Like I don't understand taking people off TV entirely, but look, maybe there's a reason. I don't know all the. I don't know all the facts. I don't know all the laws. But I, yeah, I mean, if you watch any of my stuff, you know how much I like Rusev. But it has got to the point now where, yeah, I do get through an episode of SmackDown and I do forget to give the fact that Rusev or Nakamura wasn't on the show because it's it's not my routine anymore. Because subconsciously, I just, I just expect them not to be on the show. Uh, good point, actually. Bobby makes a good point. Maybe one of them is injured. You are right. It could be an injury and then I'm getting mad for no reason. That's 100% true. Uh, although I worry that's not the case. So, yeah. So that was WWE this week. Look. 
I think we've got Starcade on Sunday. Is it Sunday? I know it's soon, which is a one-hour special of the house show they're doing. That's not the worst idea in the world. I like the idea of a one-hour special of a, of a house show I'm not meant to see. I'd probably tune into that. I'd probably enjoy it. Obviously, we haven't done a podcast since NXT TakeOver. Clearly amazing. Um, I think I gave that all ups. It really, really was a good show. I mean, in hindsight, maybe War Games could have gone a little a little uh, less time. Maybe it was a bit long, but I didn't feel it at the time. Um, yeah, that was a really, really, really good show. Uh, and I, I, I don't, some people are saying, oh, NXT, we should bring them all up to the main roster and, and kind of switch roles. I still don't think that kind of approach would work on a, on a main roster level. Like the Raw Smackdown demographic is so different to what NXT does. I mean, not hugely. I know kind of the big one now is sort of 50 year old men. That's the predominant people watching WWE. But yeah, I... I, I like it how it is right now. Just sometimes you don't want. It's like when you find a band that's under the radar. I don't necessarily want. I don't necessarily want it to blow up. I think I'd rather NXT just stays where it is, and Raw and SmackDown will get good again in January, and I'm sure December will be fine as well. Mostly, I think they do all right. I think I do think the three-hour Raw becomes a problem. I was thinking this the other day. SmackDown goes so far sometimes. Um, no one also Survivor Series is only three and a half hours long I was alright with that I'm so used to big four pay-per-views being four plus minimum I was like you know what I'm alright with it going uh, with it going three and a half I realize I haven't got my other information up that I wanted to get up so I am just going to do that now because of course the uh, the other news that broke was about the um, so you can tell I'm also looking something up why can't I remember what it's called anyway basically the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes may have a new wrestling promotion on the go. Um, and because I was getting hacked <laughs> before I started this podcast, I wasn't able to to get it up. So I'm just going to do it now. And it, there we go. Boom. Trademarks filed in Florida for all elite wrestling. I'm going to run you through these trademarks. So basically, if you don't know the story, and this is no one knows for real, right? But it seems like Cody Rhodes... The Young Bucks and the son of the person that owns the Jacksonville Jaguars and Fulham Football Club over here in the UK. It's the Khan family. Tony Khan, there we are, is apparently about to put loads of money into a wrestling promotion because you know somebody found the trademarks for All Elite Wrestling, uh, AEW All Out, All Out, AEW, Double or Nothing, Tuesday Night Dynamite, Dynamite, AEW, AEW Double or Nothing. That's a hard one. AEW Double or Nothing. And several logos, and you can just if you go search uh, AEW All Out, you can you can find that logo. Now, everyone wants to know. We'll call them the Bullet Club for lack of a better term. Everybody wants to know what they're doing in January. Will their contacts come true? Are they leaving? Ring? I think Cody Rhodes is contract free. I think the Young Bucks have said they're not reselling for Ring of Honor. I don't know if that's true or not. But essentially, the rumor was ages ago that Chris Jericho and Jim Ross. Uh, with this uh, Tony Khan, are going to come together and make a new wrestling promotion. It doesn't seem like Jim Ross and Chris Jericho are that heavily involved. I'm sure they potentially could be as an on-air talent and a commentator. And that would certainly bring uh, a certain... Well, a big star power to it, right? If you hear about Jim Ross and Chris Jericho, you may be more likely to go check it out because you recognize their names. But I think that's probably true for Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks too. But we don't know anything at the moment. Like, they may have just trademarked this, so the fact that it's protected. I'm sure the, Cody, the, the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes haven't made any decisions. And more importantly than all of this is they don't have any television deals. Or if they do, they haven't announced anything. And without a TV deal, I'm not 100% sure what they, could even, what they could even get out of this. 
it would be great if it was on YouTube or a streaming service. You could watch it that way. But as we know, that is you don't get anywhere near the numbers doing that that you do using normal television. You get a lot less. So how that will, you know, how that will actually take on WWE, for lack of a better term, I don't know. But I would like it to happen. If we are talking about the future of the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes, we know they'll do amazing in New Japan and Ring of Honor. I'd rather they didn't go to WWE just yet because I think they've got a kind of momentum that's rare in pro wrestling that really they could take elsewhere before they go to WWE. Like, I think, in a way, WWE probably needs them more than they need WWE. But we know once they're there, they're going to be within the WWE system. We know what to expect. If they go out there and start a brand new promotion, that's fun. That's exciting. We don't know. Maybe it flops. Maybe it doesn't. But we don't know unless they try. So I hope all this is true. And I hope come January, February, March, you know, whenever it's meant to happen, they do it and they go start their own wrestling promotion. But the thing is, does it make a dent in WWE? I mean, it could do. There's no, there's nothing to say that it 100% wouldn't. But I really do think it's, it's dependent on the TV deal and whatever that TV deal is would include, I don't know, like what stations would they get on, what kind of reach would they have. I mean, look at something like Impact on Pop TV. They have a television deal, but since they've been moved to 10 p.m. on Thursdays, they're doing 100,000 viewers, and their best numbers on Pop were like 350, I think, thousand. And obviously when they were on Spike, they were doing a million. They're not doing that anymore. So you have to make sure you're in bed with the right people. I mean, obviously they've got a millionaire, maybe even billionaires, I don't know about the cons, but you've got proper backers but they could become an alternative to WWE. How that ties in with New Japan and Ring of Honor, who kind of operate as a big sphere, I don't know. But I did think it was fascinating news. I know it got a lot of people excited. People were desperate for more, desperate for more news about it. Uh, I don't think we know anything, though. And I do think the TV deal is the most important thing because, as Pop TV has shown us, Impact are doing fine. I'm sure they're all very happy. But they, they're not in contest to WWE. I'm not saying that's what Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks want to do. But they want to make more of a dent than anything that's already out there. Otherwise, what is the point? If you're not going to do better than there already is, it's, I it's a waste of time. You should do whatever you want to do. But you've got to aim big, right? You want to aim big. Nobody expected All In to be what it would be. So if you're going to take that to its next the next level... You want to make sure the momentum uh, stays with you. Shengus Khan in the in the super chat as well. Uh, any opinions on Dodo's attitude towards tag teams? Well, they don't care, do they? I mean, <laughs> that's that's basically their. Uh, I just get the questions up. That's basically their attitude towards tag teams. They, I don't really, I don't really think they mind at all. I mean, the Bar versus Sheamus and the Bar versus the Bar versus AOP went nowhere, and then AOP lost the revival on Raw. So those tag titles don't mean anything. A week after the AOP won the tag team titles, they weren't even on Raw, so it's not like they were being celebrated. The Bar are tag team champions, but you wouldn't know it. They just get into random matches with the New Day. There's no feuds. There's no stories. Again, the pre-show at Survivor Series didn't help with those belts. I don't understand what they're doing because six months or so ago, maybe even less, I'd have to go back and look. The tag team division seemed to be on fire. Everybody seemed to love the tag team division, and yet here we are, and, and we've gone we've gone flying flying backwards, which which is crazy to me because why wouldn't I, I did a video on this actually on Finn Balor that will go up on what culture eventually I'm sure. Why wouldn't you want to have as many people over as humanly possible? Of course you do. Of course that's what you want, and that's why you have tag team division belts. There's no point just having them as props. But right now. I don't even see, like I said, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode are fine. But again, they're so stop-starty, it's ridiculous. Heath Slater and Rhino don't exist. The Ascension, I don't know what's going on with them. AP, we just talked about. The Bar, Sheamus and Cesaro. The New Day are the New Day. The Usos weren't even on TV. Sanity can't get a break. The Colognes popped up from nowhere. Gallows and Anderson. 
I think that speaks for itself. I don't think WWE cares. I think right now WWE cares about the women's title, the WWE title, and the Universal Championship. And that's that. I didn't talk about Brock Lesnar like I said I was going to. Brock Lesnar, when he, I understand there's perfectly a lot of criticism aimed at him that he deserves, but at the same time, when he wants to go into battle and he wants to work with someone, tr what a tremendous, uh, underrated, I would say. Genuinely mean that. He probably deserves more respect than he gets. He's, he is a great, great, great pro wrestler. No two ways about it. No, in my mind, anyway. I love it. My back hurts, hence why I just moved my chair. I think he's wonderful. I genuinely think he's a fantastic pro wrestler. That's how much I enjoyed that match. Uh, right, as always, we now, about halfway through the show, we now jump over to Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast Facebook group. You can join, just search for Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast. Um, and we'll answer some questions from there. Uh, you can also get involved on YouTube as well, obviously, using the Super Chat. Um, I'll, I'll pick my patron, that's right. All of this is also <laughs> made possible. Thanks to patreon.com forward slash Simon316. I literally wouldn't be able to do this without that patron. So thank you to everybody that does support me. There is a link if you're watching on the video or on iTunes, actually, or whatever uh, podcasting app for my patron. And you can pop over there. And you can give me a dollar. It really, really does help. And thank you so much to everybody that does do that. And of course, that's what funds completely the second episode, which we'll do uh, probably Saturday this week, where we get a Patreon on. So you can be that person. Right, questions. Alex White. Do you think WWE writers have wasted Rey Mysterio? I'd like to see him in the main event picture feuding with AJ or Brian. I think at the moment, like, as we said earlier, it's a bit strange that he's lost that momentum so quickly. Yes. Given that he's Rey Mysterio and a lot of people... And again, he, on SmackDown, he just felt like he'd been there for ages. And he's been back, what, a month? So that sucks a little bit. However, it is still early days. We are kind of still sorting the main event picture out at the moment. If we are going to have a heel Daniel Bryan, he can't fight AJ Styles forever, especially if we're right and AJ Styles is going off to Raw to take on Brock. So AJ Styles is a great... AJ Styles. Rey Mysterio is a great fit to take on a heel Daniel Bryan. So I actually think in a couple of weeks weeks months well at some point in the future we'll get good guy ray against bad guy daniel and maybe even an extended feud i'd be all right with that i'm a bit worried that daniel bryan is now going to go through opponents like aj styles just did we just beat them and we forget about them and we leave the corpse for the birds to feed off but we'll see we'll see but i do agree with you i do think it's strange booking but i also think ray mysterio will get his chance I say, and grimace my face with people not watching live. Uh, Craig Preston Hyder. Direction. Don't you think that every week the story can change? Oh, stupid Facebook just moved the question. <laughs> oh, man, what the hell just happened? Facebook just went nuts. There, I got it back. Don't you think that every week the story can change because at the end of the day, the old grumpy man is still the old school booker that's in charge? Not really a question, just want to be an antagonist. Well, there you go. Look, anytime someone brings up Vince McMahon with me, I say... Vince McMahon is the greatest promoter in the history of pro wrestling, right? Or the most successful, however you want to, to spin it. He must know what he's doing. He's probably earned the right to have his say now. And even if we don't agree with it, that's that. And it will change one day, and we will see how that goes. Garth Jackson. Does WWE have too much great talent to just have one or two at the top constantly? For example, at what point does it really start to damage the likes of Samoa Joe, Bala, Nakamura when it comes to the perception of their ability to challenge at the top by the fans? P.S. Your bald video was amazing. Thanks for it, my hairless brother. You're welcome. That's on my YouTube channel now, should you like to watch it. P.P.S. What is that awesome shredding tune at the end of the podcast? I'll talk about that in a second. I mean, you'd have to argue that 
WWE does have too much talent at the moment, given that some people can't get on it. And all the names you mentioned, the real reason they're in trouble is if you marginalize a wrestler too much, eventually that's how the fans perceive them. Dolph Ziggler is the perfect example of that. Dolph Ziggler has just lost twice to Shane McMahon. And while there was a little bit of a, oh my gosh, about it, that was that. Was that. Like, we didn't, no one's gone crazy about it. Everyone just shrugged their shoulders. Okay, well, Dolph Ziggler lost to Shane McMahon. And that's what you do. It's why Bray Wyatt hasn't been on TV for ages because his character got marginalized so much. Now they have to take him off and probably come up with a whole new idea. It will happen to Finn Balor eventually. It will happen to Shinsuke Nakamura. They should, and Samoa Joe scares me massively, but they should be used more. But then you look at something like SmackDown and where would they have got on? It's a crazy time for pro wrestling, especially because they keep signing up more and more talent. Like, What on earth do you do when Champa, Gargano, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, uh, Velveteen Dream... Uh, Alistair Black, what do you do when they're ready to get called up? Lars Sullivan's coming up. EC3's going to come up. Apparently EC3 was meant to come up at SummerSlam, got concussed, and now they can't get him on because they can't figure out where to put him in the program. I don't understand how they can't make three hours of raw work sometimes. I <laughs> really don't, but hey. Uh, Stephen Bayless, WWE seems to book for the casual fan who watches one episode every few weeks. How do you think the popularity of the WWE would change if they book for those watching the show every week? Well, I think they do book for those watching the show every week. Again, Brian Alvarez always says this the best. They think they're putting on a good show. They don't sit back and go, ah, we're putting on a bad show. They put on the show that they think is the best possible. Uh, obviously, a lot of people disagree. Obviously, television ratings are down. But yes, they, they, you know, that's why I liked it when everything shuffled recently. I think WWE worked best when their backs are against the wall. So that episode where Daniel Bryan was becoming champion and everything with Becky Lynch, it was exciting. Whereas sometimes it falls back into the status quo. But they absolutely... I don't think they are booking for the casual fan every few weeks. I think maybe a problem they do have is that they try and book for everybody. So they try and book both for us that will watch each and every week and the casual fan. But I don't think they have that many casual fans anymore. I don't know anybody that watch, I know I know people that either watch every week or I know people that will stay up to date but they won't watch at all. I don't know anybody that jumps in and jumps out every few weeks. I don't think that happens anymore. I do think the social media thing's underplayed as well. I know wrestling fans that keep up to date with gifts. They don't need anything else. YouTube videos, that's fine. That's all they need. We live in strange times, we really do. Thomas Speller, can you move the live streams to Thursdays every week? We did it today, Thomas! Unfortunately, no. It will. <laughs> Apart from this week or other weeks where maybe things get in the way, I'll always make sure I do one. But Wednesdays just work. Uh, I've been getting a good audience on a Wednesday. Not going to lie, you know, got to be honest with you. Um, and so, no, it will be Wednesdays. But if not, it will usually be a Thursday. Uh, and Thomas Speller also says, if WWE bring back the Wyatt family, who would you like to see in there? I don't want them to bring back the Wyatt family. I think the Wyatt family have run their course. They're done. Uh, I'd like to draw a line under it and move on. If we were going to bring it back, though, I mean, Bray Wyatt obviously would have to run it. Finn Balor as the demon wouldn't be a bad shout. And maybe Sanity as well. I wouldn't mind them bringing that back then as well because at least then Finn Balor would have a role. Plus, you'd have to turn him heel, which I think he's long overdue for. And Sanity would actually have a purpose. No idea why they called up Sanity. Sanity are really cool and really interesting. And like actually have something unique about them. And yet we just we just don't do anything with them. So I don't know. Uh, Bo Bojan Zlan Zlan Zlatanov. That's the best name I've had ever. Do you think Rusev might get a new gimmick after being off SmackDown Live for a month now? And is it time for a push for the big man? What about Aiden English? Is Rusev Day dead now? <laughs> Aiden is not with Ruru anymore. Well, we talked about it, then yes. Uh, I don't know if he's going to get a new gimmick. But it's certainly... 
seems to have run its course in WWE's eyes. I don't see what they do now that they do now to make it work. I'd actually quite like to. I hope we get to the point where we just decide NXT is not a third brand; it's just a brand. So it's on the same level as SmackDown, Raw. Well, maybe not SmackDown. You know what I mean? And in the, and there's NXT and stars can go down to NXT and just perform there. I think it would help so much. I think it would allow people that deserve to shine to shine, and hopefully they can go back onto Raw, SmackDown with more with more power. And I think Rusev would be great for that. That's what I'd like to see anyway. Uh, Francesco Bozo. Hi, Simon. Hope you're having a great day. Thank you. I am. You too. My question is, why do you think the quality of NXT matches is so better, in my opinion, than the main roster? For example, if you compare War Games and Survivor Series, the difference in the matches and storytelling were far apart from one another, with maybe the exception of Daniel Bryan versus Brock. I don't think they're fair comparisons this year, because NXT had four one-on-one matches, right, apart from War Games, which was a big brawl, but obviously had weapons and chairs and, and all kinds of stuff. Otherwise, what was it? It was Shayna Baszler versus Kyrie Sane, Alistair Black versus Johnny Gargano, and Velveteen Dream versus Champa, right? That's it, I say as I look off into the distance. Yeah, whereas obviously, you know, those matches are always going to be better than a 10-on-10 Survivor Series match. The Survivor Series traditional matches have never actually been that good. But I will say that I think if you had had Shinsuke Nakamura versus Seth Rollins, Charlotte versus Ronda, and Daniel Bryan versus Brock on NXT, I don't think anybody would have blinked an eye. I do think, yes, you're right. I think by and large, NXT's quality bar is far higher. But I think in terms of this, I, I think they're kind of comparable in terms of the quantity. to. Not, if you take, I think you could take four matches and stack them up against four from NXT and it wouldn't be... Yeah, NXT was better. I just don't think it works when it comes to the Survivor Series. Otherwise, it's just different people, right? Triple H is booking for a very specific audience, an indie audience, if you will, so he knows what kind of stuff they like. Whereas, yeah, Vince McMahon wants to book for everybody. That's the difference of the shows. I think the good thing, and I think sometimes the thing we forget is at least we have both, right? We've got NXT. NXT ain't going nowhere, so at least you can get your WWE uh, fix that way. It's still WWE. Uh, Michael Rigney. Hi, Simon. I hope you're having a great day. Look, everyone's so nice. I was wondering, how do you think Asuka could become relevant again? Oh, man, I... Look at Shinsuke Nakamura. Look at Asuka, the, the Raw Rumble winners. I don't. I just. It's just not going to happen. I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't know whether it's because they're uh, they're Japanese. Uh, I don't know whether it's because Vince McMahon doesn't like them and thinks he doesn't talk. I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. I'd love to, but no. At this stage, I think they've got rid of her undefeated streak. She's kind of found her place as a mid carder, which is crazy. And unfortunately, I think it's there that she will stay. And it blows my brain because she's really good and still over. Fans still like her a lot. Connor Bennett, is the hour it took them with the Tag Team Survivor Series matches the faster it took WWE to tell you a match didn't matter? <laughs> uh, probably, but they'll probably do it again as well. Sammy Ellis, hi Simon. Do you feel WWE has now moved into a different era? If so, what era are we in and what should it be called? I don't know. I've just noticed my, my top is see-through. Let's just ignore that. I don't know why that's happened. Ignore the weird see-through top. Um... I do. I think they're into a new era. I don't even know what era this would be. So what we had the Attitude Era, <coughs> excuse me. Then we had the Ruthless Aggression Era, <coughs> excuse me. Then we had the Reality Era. I probably missed one too. What would this one be? Social Media Era, I guess. If you want to talk from a wanky point of view, I don't think so. I think WWE's kind of been the same for the last ten years. Really, they kind of fell into a pattern. That pattern hasn't changed it up. But no, I don't think we've entered a new era. I think we'd have to have a go through a big shift before we enter a new era. Maybe as the women now actually slowly make their way to become more prominent than men, that could be a new era. Uh, again, on merit. But we'll see. 
I don't know. I'd have to think about that one. Uh, Jamin Todd Edburn, Eben, Eben. After you shared your story of riding with Bret Hart, I'm dying to know what advice he gave you regarding becoming a pro wrestler. Again, that's a vlog I did this week. Uh, it's called yeah, Driving Home with Bret Hart. You can look at it on my channel right now. Cheap plug. In addition, what's the best piece of advice you got during your training and who did you get it from? I'm going to be an asshole and not tell you what Bret Hart told me because it was quite personal and quite nice and it meant a lot to me. So I'm going to be that guy and you're more than welcome to call me an absolute piece of trash. Uh, it was awesome though and I'll never, <clears throat> I'll never forget it. In terms of the best, I think the best advice I've got hasn't actually come from one specific per person, but it's the same piece of advice from people that I respect. Um, Al Snow said it to me. Doug Williams said it. Uh, Robbie E said it. I think, I think Mark Andrews said it too. And then everyone at Knuckle Lock said it as well. And Al Snow's Wrestling Academy. And that is that there is no right or wrong with the things you're being taught. What you should do is you should learn these things and then see if it works for your character or your persona or your person, whatever. And then make sure and then make sure you you bring in you bring in the things you like and you leave out the things that you don't like. Like don't feel obliged to include everything just because somebody's taught it to you. And that really uh that that really it did. It stood out to me because at first I thought oh, maybe I have to be good at everything. But then you start thinking, no, what am I good? Paul Heyman, right? What am I good at? Let's focus on that and let's you know make sure I've got the the tools in my disposal. Should I ever need to bring them out? But ultimately, let's focus on what I'm good at. And yeah, so many people told me that, and that really kind of spoke volumes to me. And also have fun. Like that's the cheesiest shit I'll ever say, but it's true. If you're having fun, nothing else really matters because that's the whole point. If you're having fun, why why do it? Why do it in the first place? Um, where are we? Nick Palmer. Looking at Raw with Seth and Dean all tied up, we only have Brock, Drew, and Braun as main eventers. And with Brock's UFC fight, we can't be 100% sure he won't be leaving after the Rumble. Can you see John Cena coming back and being in the Raw title match at WrestleMania? Or can you see something else happening? Well, John Cena is confirmed to come back in December. Uh, I don't know. They did announce his opponent. I think it's in a tag match against Drew and Dolph. I can't remember who he's tagging with. Yes, I probably could see that. I think at one point, John Cena will win his uh, 16th World Championship or 17th, whatever the hell it is. I can't remember. 17, right? Because 16 times, yeah, 17th. You could do it at WrestleMania. He's clearly transitioning away from the ring at the moment. A fair play to him. There's nothing wrong with that. But I can... Maybe not straight into the main event, but they do need somebody there. So yeah, probably can, you know? Yeah, and it is John Cena. Why pretend otherwise? Yes, I can. You're right. You're probably right. <laughs> I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you a yes. I don't know who he fights, though. I mean, that could be anybody. David Ayres. Where do you see the Miz-Shane story going? My problem with that is that it would position higher than the world title. Why? Here's why. Because it's Shane. Yeah, it probably would be, actually. I can see if, if they did do the Miz versus Shane McMahon on WrestleMania, and we were also doing Daniel... I said Daniel Bryan versus the Miz. I, I could see that match being higher up the card than the W title, yeah. And then the, and then the Universal title closes the show. I don't know. I like my idea of the Miz versus Daniel Bryan now I've said it. So I think they may actually do that. But... I don't know what I don't know where they're going with the Shane McMahon Miz thing. You'd have to imagine a match, right? Mania thirty five, or you do it at the Royal Rumble. I really don't know. I, I, I it was it surprised me no end that they were a comedy tag. Maybe they become a tag team. Maybe Shane McMahon become tag team champions. <laughs> William P. Capella the third. Happy Thanksgiving from the states and to you and to everybody watching who is celebrating Thanksgiving. I've always wondered, did you play the WWE card game when it was around? I believe it was called Raw Deal. No. Simon, at Simon316, everybody send me pictures of that should you have one. I want to see it. I never even heard about this. Uh, Gareth Jones. Seeing, seeing Daniel Bryan's promo on Tuesday gave me Chomper vibes. 
What's wrong with me? The, the possessiveness over the title is one thing that caught my eye. Do we think NXT is now becoming a gimmick developmental system as well as a wrestler developmental system? Well, I hope so. I think when you're down there, you should be trying to learn everything possible. So I think it's always been that way. Uh, if you actually mean, are people doing gimmicks down there and then people on the main roster are stealing them? No, I don't think you'd do that. I think you'd get in too much trouble, really, eventually. Even though, obviously, Daniel Bryan, within the hierarchy of WWE, is higher up than Tommaso Ciampa. I don't think that's something that Daniel Bryan would do, nor would he want to. He'd want to shape his own character. But I think NXT should be a one-stop shop. I think NXT should just become its own brand now. I, I know it is its own brand, but just uh, everything's on a level pegging because people love it anyway, so why not treat it like that? Uh, see you for sure. Sorry, I'm going to be gone for the live podcast, but I'll listen to it a couple of hours after it comes out. Well, you probably thought, oh no, you did notice today because I posted late. My question is, <laughs> it's like I read these questions without realizing, do you think NXT should be promoted as a third main roster brand, but left in Triple H's control? The answer is yes. Love from Egypt. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you when I talk to you. Uh, Mike Faff, what is your one thing in wrestling where you just facepalm because that isn't how normal people do things? For example, when 15 refs run in on a beatdown, they, well, they just wave their arms and yell, stop it. Well, that also happens in James Bond movies. I mean, the, the piss jokes have been tough recently. I haven't, I haven't enjoyed them uh, in, in any sense of the imagination. Otherwise, uh, nothing. I mean, I t the problem is I've been watching wrestling so long now, I kind of take a lot of that nonsense for what it is. I'm just like, yeah, okay. But, I mean, the, the whole you can't lose a title on disqualification, that's still nuts. Imagine that happened in UFC. Imagine someone smashed somebody else in, in, in the balls and went, yeah, it's fine. Oh, went, oh, no, it's okay. You know, you keep your title. That's always nonsense. But it is resting. I mean, they were all put in to be like get out clauses for certain matches and certain feuds. So I don't know. But the ref thing is, but they're doing James Bond. Watch James Bond movies. They come in one at a time. It's kind of the same here. Uh, James Bromfield. Good afternoon, Mr. Muller. Mr. Miller, you wonderful and positive dude. That's nice, James. Thank you. Thank you as ever for all the content. You're welcome. Simple question. How long and hard do you think Vince laughed about Drake Maverick peeing himself uh, and does it make a mockery of be a star? I think it does. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I think it does. I was thinking about this. I don't... I know they weren't... That wasn't their intent. They did it because they thought it was funny. But I think if you're a part of... We said this earlier. If you're a part of a be a star campaign and you're saying you shouldn't bully, how can you then... I'm not saying they're promoting bullying, but kids will copy what they see on TV. They just will. I know I sound like I'm in some kind of parent-teacher meeting. I don't like saying that because I don't, I don't like censorship. I don't think we should not do that stuff. I just think, you know what? I'm not even saying that. I just think this one segment was badly handled. It wasn't funny. It was stupid. The jokes were awful. That's the real issue here is that it was just bad all around. And the fact that you may have that as a stigma on top, really bad. Some of the, it's <laughs> really bad. Uh, Thomas Speller, favorite underrated TLC match? Oh, I don't know. I'd have to go back through all of them. Uh, there's been so many now that I don't have the, the capacity in my brain to remember. I'll go through and I'll let you know. Niall Kelly, dream US title feud with a current SmackDown roster that could elevate the belt again. Look, Rusev's basically a heel. He's done nothing since we've kind of drawn a line under that. Put him against Shinsuke as the heel. Uh, face, sorry. So Rusev face, Shinsuke Nakamura heel. Done. That'd be fun. I can take that for a few weeks, couple of months. You know, Nakamura's good at cutting promos. Rusev's obviously great at that. As soon as Nakamura said he was from... Uh, Nak America, he's done nothing with it. It's almost like they got offended and said, we're not going to go on. But yeah, do that. Put Samara Joe against Nakamura. Turn Samara Joe face. And just put Ray against him. Anyone. Anyone. Just give me something. <laughs> I don't care. 
Um, Ross Chaplin, what do you mean officially the B show? It has been for 15 years. True, but WWE would never have told you that specifically. But I think after Survivor Series, with no fallout, they absolutely did. They went, yep, that's right, we don't care. Which is crazy, because Fox is spending so much money. I don't get it. I really don't get it. Um, my man Shugo, also known as Cody. Uh, Mr. Patron wants to send me a Christmas present again. You don't have to send me a Christmas present, man. Go and watch the Patron Q&A from today. I explained it all there. You don't have to do that. It's very nice. Um, it's very nice. And a lot of people have said that. You don't have to send me a Christmas present, people. I mean, as nice as that, as nice as that is, the Christmas present is you being patrons. There you go. As cheesy as that sounds, the fact you support me on there every single week is, or every single month, I should say, uh, is all I can, is all I can ask. Uh, Evan Emmanuel, favorite wrestling moment this year so far? <sighs> Daniel Bryan coming back would be up there. All In would be up there. Um. Oh, I don't know. I think I'd have to say. I mean, we'll probably do a list towards the end of the year on what culture. So I'll have to sit down. I'll have to sit down and figure it out. But yeah, I don't. There's too much stuff has happened. I'd have to go back and I'd have to go back and figure it out. But I, I don't know. Uh, but I think it's been a good year for wrestling. I know there's been down points, but loads of cool stuff has happened. Like AJ Styles being champion for a year, right? You could put that as one of your moments of the year. I still think that's incredible given everything we knew about him beforehand. I do hope there's nothing, you know, too auspicious with these uh, rumours about his his contract. But good for him for standing his ground. I like AJ Styles. Uh, I think he's all right. Rodrigo Albergaria, amazing name. Do you think Xavier Woods would get into trouble because of his antics with the whole 6-1 thing? No way. I mean, they would have seen him before he went out there with that on. If anything, they probably encouraged it because they probably realised the error of their ways afterwards and thought we've got to address it but not address it within the story. So, no, I don't think that I, I don't think it will make any difference uh, the New Day, obviously, they sell so much merchandise as well. I think they're kind of in that clientele now, that are bulletproof. So no, I don't think he has to worry about it. No, no. I mean, and I'm glad. I'm glad they mentioned it. You should mention it. It's ridiculous to tell us all oh, that doesn't matter. Then why did I watch two hours of pre-show nonsense for? Are you going to watch the pre-show again? No. And if you're a wrestler and you get told you're on the pre-show, you're going to roll your eyes and go, "Really? What did I do wrong?" It was a really bad idea. Even if there was miscommunication and SmackDown were meant to lose, I don't care. Still even stupid because SmackDown didn't. Oh, stupid. <laughs> oh dear Wade Garrison says that's it the reason for the clean seat was to up the dollar value for Raw but they just sold it for a billion pounds dollars the dollar value's fine I don't get it that's one of the weirdest things they've done in a while storyline wise I don't really know what we were trying to achieve but hey here we are nothing we can do we may as well just forget about it and move on like we do with all WWE storylines <laughs> so uh, so that's what we'll do but it just I don't know. If, any, if we talk about Xavier Woods and the New Day as well, please put them in a different feud other against the bar. And why weren't the Usos on television? Oh, I don't understand it. <laughs> I love it. Don't get me wrong. I do love it. I do love wrestling. But sometimes when I take a step back and think about it, I'm like, I'm so confused. I'm so confused about what we are and what we're not doing. What the hell was that? No idea. Uh, okay, we'll answer one more question and then um, and then we will wrap this bad boy wrap this bad boy up. And I will say thank you to you all. Um, we'll do this one. The Reptile. When are you referring? When are you going to return to Defiant? That is a great question. I actually have a hospital appointment tomorrow, tomorrow to talk about my shoulder. So I have more information then. I mean, I still think I need surgery, but we won't go into the ins and outs about why it's been on and off again at the table. Uh, the answer is what I say to everybody, and that is as soon as possible. As soon as somebody says I can go back in the ring, I will absolutely go back in the ring. I'm no, by no means done. These last few months have absolutely sucked from a wrestling point of view because... I was really enjoying myself, but I've also learned a lot as well. And I think when I do return, I'll be a bit smarter. I'm not going to go into what that means, but 
yeah, I, 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 it's always something to learn no matter what life throws at you. And I certainly feel like I've learned a valuable lesson here. But I will be back. It's certainly better than it was. Couldn't do that a few months ago. Still hurts. But I have more information tomorrow. And like I say, as soon as I have any information, I will let you know uh, on my Twitter at Simon316, on my Instagram at Simon316, on my Patreon, patreon.com, forward slash Simon316, and probably over on What Culture as well. Uh, right. Thank you, everybody, for joining me. As always, sorry the podcast was 24 hours late. If you are a podcast listener or you just like to listen to it on the podcast, maybe you do both. It will be up as soon as this is done. I will download the audio and I will get to that uh, as well. Again, we'll have another episode over the weekend with a patron. You could be one of those patrons in the future. All the information over on the Patreon page. Uh, if you're on my YouTube channel right now and you haven't subscribed, please do. Go watch my other videos, like them, share them. You know how that all works. And join the Facebook group, Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. But more importantly, next Wednesday, no idea what the date is, make sure you come and join me for another episode of Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. I always like seeing you. It's always a joy. And yeah, you're just all a bunch of nice people. And it makes me happy, the uh, community that we have managed to build up around here. But every Wednesday, around about 2 p.m. UK time here on the Simon Miller YouTube channel, you can come join me live for Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast which is, of course, live. Get all my nonsense up to click, and we'll see you soon.